Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. Hello, episode 56 coming at you on this fine wear Sunday <laughs> yeah we are pre-recording today because when you're listening to this I will be sunning myself on a beach in Crete with a Mythos beer in hand Oof. um and the weather in uh Manchester looks horrendous as well for the next 10 days does it yeah like literally know. rain 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 for the next 10 days so oh, great I am extremely over here uh, it's not too bad actually over here. I got an email from EasyJet this morning saying make sure um and I was like oh my god please don't be cancelling anything and uh, it was just like please arrive early we recommend 2.5 hours before your departure time I was like mate that's normal. Yeah that is normal but they're probably just like crapping themselves all the time. Yeah but the issue I think the issue is like I said I know people that work for EasyJet and like some the reason why the queues are so long is because everyone's coming early yeah so it's like your flight's not for another four hours but you're in the security queue so you're in the security uh, queue for the flights that are two hours before you so there's double the amount of people there yeah just arrive normally again you know with what they've said and just remember that it's their job to sort it and if you've got a queue for an hour then I don't want to sit in the depart the gate anyway especially at Manchester airport it's the armpit of the UK (laughs) It's horrific. It's full of like football hooligans drinking Peroni in that hot bar. I don't know. Have you, ever been to, have you ever been to Luton Airport? Oh no, <laughs> it's not the best. There's a um. It's like you. It's like the airport is like a corridor. Right. It's like you constantly like. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. It's just so narrow. It's like the narrowest airport I've ever been to. So there's an airport that was voted the worst airport, one of the worst airports in the world. I actually think it was number one. And it's um, Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. And Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. Airport's kind of nice, you know, posh, clean, fine. But you go to Jeddah and it's one room with one toilet and it's fucking boiling because you're yeah. in the desert. And I've, and like, if you're going from Saudi to Dubai, you can fly from Riyadh to Dubai. It's quite, it might be quite expensive, but if you flew from Riyadh to Jeddah and then Jeddah to Dubai, it's like ten, a tenner, but people just won't get that flight because no. everyone will do whatever they can to avoid Jeddah airport because it's smelly and horrible. Yeah, the worst. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going there. Um, yeah, also um, the contrast between like Dubai airport and there. Oh God. Yeah, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Uh, but yeah, that's what's that's why we're recording early. Um, we we weren't sure on a topic, and then we just had a conversation, like always, and a topic has kind of come up. Um, and I actually think, although Jess and I can relate to it, it's it's obvious these things that we're going to talk about obviously aren't something that we practice or advise because, well, for reasons that you'll hear. Um, and there'll probably some of you listening to think, listening to this, thinking there's no way that people do that, but they do um and a lot of it I think you'd be I think your thoughts are probably oh everyone's going to be surprised but I reckon there's more people that do this than don't I guess I'm thinking 
people who listen to the pod yeah there's definitely people that will probably be doing this but I think the reasons they'll be doing it unfortunately is because it's been popularized and almost glamorized by our industry so it's our fault um so and, and also caveat is like we're no angels like I said Sasha just no. Paul, I have definitely practiced some of these ways in the yeah. past I've also definitely um recommended them as coaching principles to people in the past when I've been like building up not this is not everything we're going to talk about but like building up my knowledge of like what's the appropriate method of um of yeah. nutrition coaching yeah because I think ultimately um a lot of the difficulties when people first start out is you take on your own biases what works for you and you literally preach it to the choir and you're like this is it this is the way to do it da, 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 da. and it's like you still see people doing that now but they haven't got the awareness to see past that fact that it's their bias. They're just yeah. still in this little bubble. Yeah. Um, rather than it being like, okay, the, co- the the client in front of you is the individual. What is going to work for them? Mm-hmm. Um, and instead being like, oh, as a coach, this worked for me. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And it's like, okay, you can keep banging that drum and you will attract people who it will also work for, but you'll also not help a lot of people because it'll yeah. screw up their relationship with, with food. Yeah. And you have to think like, I always think if a client comes to me when they leave eventually, where do I want them to be? And what do I want them to remember you by? Remember, remember me by. Yeah. But also what do I want them to think about when they're thinking about this stuff in the future? Mm-hmm. And I always think that if a client came to me and then they left more obsessed with body image, food, training than they were before they came in, that's a huge failure yeah, yeah, on yeah. my part. Um, and you have to remember that when we can be impressionable to people around us without even knowing it. So even though you don't, even though you're unaware, someone close to you might look up to you and you don't know that. Yeah. So if, if someone's coming to me and then I'm giving the, them these dodgy prescriptions about food and stuff, and then they are impressionable to another person, that person will then imitate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially that's me pushing those things onto more people than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you've got to be really careful because also, I don't know about you, but there's lots of people who, who have a coach and the minute they hire someone they kind of see it as like quite a cool thing which I guess it is and I'm not saying that that's bad but it means that they might talk about it a lot and people might ask them questions be like, oh what would your PT say about this you know um and you just got to think that if if the advice you're giving someone is not something that you you'd want everyone you know to get anything good from then maybe you should not say it <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because I think when you're, whenever you try something new, whether it's uh, investing mm-hmm. or a new diet or a new hobby, when you're passionate about something, you do want to tell everyone about it, or how great it is, or whatever. And it and it's it is really easy sometimes mm-hmm. to just get caught up in the hype. It's like like everyone who's listened to this podcast or knows Sasha knows that she loves finances it would be irresponsible for Sasha to go around telling people to invest in stocks and shares when they've got loads of debt. Oh my God. Yeah. When no, they don't any- do that. <laughs> don't do that when, when they've not paid off the debt yet. And she's like, oh, you need to really invest. And they're like, oh, I haven't even paid off this yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it would be really like, so in that instance, that would be the same or the same, like, again, like to, to 
broadcast about something mm-hmm. like that you're eating or a diet not knowing somebody else's relationship with yeah. food is like this is gospel or like yeah. presuming that you know that they want the same things mm-hmm. I, and it, I well I guess it's not like if you hear somebody say oh yeah I'm, I'm trying to lose weight as well you might think that you're helping by assisting with your thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. about what you're doing which is totally harmless I, I agree what is the what's the scale again Sash that you've told me before which is um incompetent oh so you got um unconscious incompetence which is when you're incompetent but you're not aware of it and then you've got I think I'm, I'm pretty sure there's more than this but just for the sake yeah. of part, so unconscious incompetence and then you're consciously incompetent like I am consciously incompetent when it comes to like uh buying houses and stuff don't know how the system works not a clue but I'm aware of that but unconsciously incompetent with me would me be fucking talking about mortgages when I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm not aware of it. Like people on Facebook when they get into politics. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like people talking about cryptocurrency. It's like, you don't, you don't even know what it is. You've just yeah. listened to Joe Rogan a couple of times. Um, and then you've got consciously, uh, no, sorry. And then you've got consciously competent, no, you haven't. You've got unconscious, unconscious competence, which is when you know what you're doing, but you're not really aware of it. And then you've got... Um, oh conscious competence. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's basically awareness of what you know. Yeah, it's like a building scale, basically. Yeah. And it's important to only talk about stuff that you're quite sure of, especially when it comes to advice, which is why, you know, Jess mentioned about finances. When Jess has asked me, what have I said? You need to read up on it or whatever. Yeah, go do your own research. In fact, I remember one particular time when she said, oh, so what about this? What would you do for this? And I just said, read the book. And then I put a full stop and she went, oh, you put a full stop. And I said, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said, that means that me telling you Hmm. would be not good because Mm -hmm. it's your situation. So I would say, if I were you, I would read this book because this person knows way more about it than I do. So read that book because you're better off. It will be better for you. And this is the same. Yeah. And this is what I always think as well about like the, the beginning of that scale, which is like unconsciously incompetent, is like why you can't necessarily judge um uh, coaches in the beginning of the career or people who do things out of total unawareness. Cause they don't it's that's what I mean. They mean no harm. They're not no. they're not doing it maliciously, they're not like whatever. No. It, it's almost like they're just they just don't know. But there comes a certain point in a coach's journey where they should be shifting up that scale through like building their own knowledge. And, and that's what I say. Like I hold my hands up to the fact that maybe in the beginning, when I first started coaching, my fitness pal was like my only guidance of like, well, this is what everyone seems to be talking about in the fitness industry. Yeah. I've used this yeah. I've used this before. So it seems to be, this is what the guiding mm-hmm. tool is. But it was only when I got further into it, I was like, it seems a bit like nuanced this though. Like why, yeah why is it that some people can use it and some people can't and there's a lot more like like if you gather from my coaching style online like I'm very much into my mindset type of thing well it seems a lot like there's more like emotional stuff behind food and it seems like there's more like behavioral stuff behind what we do and then all of a sudden I'm like neither of those things can be tracked in an app like that's weird like I need to build up my awareness and then got further into it and then was like oh right maybe my fitness pal as a calorie target and macro target and talk like by the way uh, my clients listening and stuff you know you guys know that sometimes to see your diary I do say my fitness pal is an easy yeah, way it's to an do easy it. it's an easy yeah. way to do yeah. it I don't mean that I just mean like me saying targets target 
fixed targets all the time, yeah. it can be like sometimes a bit of a wayward decision for certain yeah. goals. For some people, like if like again, it depends on your starting point, it depends where you're going, depends on all these other different variables. Mm-hmm. But that's what we mean when we say like where you start in your journey as a coach yeah. or anything, or the mm-hmm. advice that you give out sits on yeah. a scale. Exactly. And you also have to think, I think stuff that we talk about just always comes back to this and I think it's really important to make sure that people are aware is that a lot of coaches when they this isn't giving them the go you know letting them off at all all I'm saying is that because I literally did it and I know from experience when a coach when you get a new coach it's often someone who really liked fitness and they Mm. think and they think oh you know what I really like this stuff Everyone tells um, me. I'd be yeah. Doing this. Everyone said, oh, you know, you should be a PT or whatever. And, um, you know, this is exactly what I did. And I'm sure just as, in fact, I actually struggled to find, I think, a PT that I knew who didn't get into PT because for another reason, other than they loved training and fitness. Right. And then, but when you're young and that's the reason you get into it, you love it so much that it's you. It's not, it's not who you, it, it's not what you are. It's who you are and your identity isn't it literally but and I know we say talk about this all the time but it literally is like trying to explain to someone who doesn't really think about fitness at all or food or whatever or anything to do with our industry trying to explaining that that's what some people do they're literally baffled they are baffled by it um because they just can't relate but when you first get into it like I said, it's not what you are, it's who you are. You, you, you think every meal, you know, I used to look at a meal and I, I wouldn't see what was in it. I'd see what was in it, in it, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wouldn't think of, I wouldn't think of the food. I'd be like, okay, so that's probably 500 calories. That's 25 grams of protein. I'd say that's 12 to 15 grams. Of, and I would do that without thinking about it. It's how I saw the world. It would, that yeah. it was through my fitness lens. And then when I'd go to the gym, it would be constantly like how it would be like improvement was like an obsession for me. So if I did a leg session, for example, the first thing I do is go into the bathroom and look at myself because I'd be like, oh, you know, I've just done this. Oh, have I got a pump or like body check? Yeah, it literally body check. But back then I would have been like, yeah, well, that's that's fitness. Because at the time when I was so young, I'm talking early 20s here, I'm in my early 30s now, that was like, it was just what you do and you bought the clothes and you carried the shaker and you carried the bag and you wanted everyone to know and you were the fitness person and it was just Mm. the way it is. So obviously you love it that much that your life revolves around it. So when someone asks or when you become a coach and suddenly you've got this piece of paper that says you're qualified to give out advice, you literally thrive off it. Someone says, so Sash, you know, what would you do? You know, I've got this belly fat, like what would you do? And then suddenly you're like, oh, all you have to do is create this energy deficit. It's like really easy, man. You just got to do this. And then they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then they come to you again. For, and it's almost like you get this like dopamine hit, a dopamine hit. And it's like the sense of like being a superior. And it's very, very weird. Yeah. And, especially in your early twenties. Yeah. When you think you, you think you know it all anyway, because you're I wonder, really I wonder, confident then. I have a feeling just just a little inkling yeah. that at every stage of my life I'm going to say can you remember in my so I thought I knew, I thought yeah. I knew everything yeah. 
when it's I'm like, 42 I'm gonna be like remember when I was 31 I thought I knew everything exactly like, what yeah. a loser yeah um, I know it's so funny isn't it <laughs> it's so funny but then you've also got to think that and I think everyone knows this to be true but it's often the people they, what's the saying I'm sure it's a quote but like the most confident the, the people with the, the least knowledge are often the most confident. And then the people who like, that's why I always talk about some of the best coaches I know don't even use Instagram and don't even, you don't even know they exist and you wouldn't know they exist. You know why? Cause they're too busy doing their job to worry about fucking putting a picture of themselves flexing in the toilet on Instagram. Mm. And it's often the people who are really, really, really good that you don't see them very often. But they're the people that like you would sit and have an hour chat with them and you'd literally leave the room like, what the fuck? Yeah. I feel like everything that I thought I knew has just been explained to me in a reason that I can't like quite comprehend yet. Mm. But then if you walk into a room and sit with someone who's dead confident, 25 year old, like wearing a Gymshark T-shirt, like, hey, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just like, you know, energy deficit, you know, progressive overload. And it's pretty simple, man. All you got to do is follow my plan here. You know, give me 200 quid. They're the most confident. I tell you what, you sit in a room with one of those little geeks, they won't be confident. Yeah, I agree and I disagree because I also think there's some people who are both, who can, who are a bit both. Like who? I just, I don't know. Some of the, some of the most, like maybe not coaches specifically, mm-hmm. but like look at someone like Brenny Brown. She can articulate herself. Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, there's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely people who are confident and also very, very um, knowledgeable. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying quite often, especially in our world. Oh, for sure. But then we've spoke about this before, how it's driven quite, it's a it's a narcissistic industry. Like, Scary. So, Scary, really. So it's almost like pushing people, it, it's like... Um, it's like just pushes people into this funnel, doesn't it? But like in the opposite direction of like a pyramid where it's like pushes them to the top where it like puts them and puts them higher up onto this podium because it's like they've got this, they've got this platform and they've got this like opportunity to speak to people. But because the fitness industry is so unregulated and because there's so much um, confusing information out, out there, it's really difficult for people to go, is that true or is it not? Because it's not necessarily what the person's saying, but it is that how they're articulating it, that mm-hmm. you believe it the most, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird because like there's certain things that people say like, oh, I just don't know who to listen to. Like this person's saying this, this person's saying this. But the issue is, is that we we take it as, as we take it immediately. If there's yeah. someone who looks great, like who is um, uh, conventionally very like, fit and attractive or whatever and they say something you will listen Mm -hmm. for reasons you can't quite explain maybe you find them aspirational maybe you think oh they must know because they look like that so they must know the answer but then you might look at someone who's extremely knowledgeable and who is like uh got phd in some kind of nutrition area right and they look pretty like a normal person you know you we're a woman UK size 14 whatever that's you know I'm saying that because it's the national average and people will look at her and be like well what does she know yeah so this is the issue we put these people on pedestals and we think oh well she's thin she's got mm-hmm. uh, a big bum she's got a big bum she must know how to grow bums no that is not the case whatsoever that is literally like mm. Is that is not the case. Um, 
So we need to ask ourselves that question and say, if we, if you're confused by um, contradictory information on the internet, look at who you're watching, ask yeah. yourself why you believe this person and why you struggle to believe this person. And if it's something to do with what you see, question why you, you attach um, superiority, knowledge, um, competency with a, a certain image you'll be you might be a bit shocked at yourself yeah I also think that's a, another reason why um maybe people or some coaches go mm -hmm. down like the bodybuilding route first because mm -hmm. they're like if I can go to this extreme then that will show my clients that I'm I don't know xyz whatever their idea of what a coach should be is in their head yeah like Sasha says as well it's like the reasons that often coaches get into fitness is, is this identity thing it's like I'm a type of person who loves fitness therefore mm -hmm. I think I should go into a job that I love etc 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 okay what does it take to become a good coach you need to be a good listener you need to be an empath you need to care more about the person in front of you than you do yourself mm -hmm. is that necessarily what aligns with that part about identity and fitness not not necessarily like it can mean that you've got a strong interest in it mm -hmm. but there's all those those so parts that kind of get missed I think especially in the beginning yeah around coaching which is people don't think okay what's it going to take to be a good coach I need to be someone who's good at communicating I need to be good at listening I need to mm -hmm. be not necessarily good at giving advice but mm -hmm. um good at helping a client discover mm -hmm. what they need to discover and it's like all those different types of things that get skimmed over and it's like yeah, but are you strong? Yeah. Have you got abs? Like, can, have you? Are you dedicated? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, cool story, bro. Cool story. No one cares. Um, Jess, what's one thing about your job, this the the industry you're in, that you weren't expecting when you got into it, that's now become something that's quite important in your in your job? Um. Uh, I'm trying to think probably that one that I just said it's like of course I knew I was going to have to be a, a listen to my clients but I didn't think it was going to have to be maybe as analytical as mm -hmm. like the listening that I have to do yeah so it's like like Sasha and I have said before is sometimes clients will send us messages and this is the this is the great thing about like the written word is there's so much that you're able to dissect Mm -hmm. someone's language and what they write yeah um, because sometimes when they speak it's great but you're like furiously taking down notes and you're like, <laughs> the, like trying to absorb it and it's a, it's a skill and it's an art and it's something that I continue to work on over the years mm -hmm. something that I love about the written word like I've just had a client message me this morning is she said so many things about um, going out for a meal last night and and maybe eating more than she should have and feeling uncomfortable and um like the the stages that she went through in the day to get to that point and it's almost like I'm doing a I'm doing a bit of Cluedo. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, right. So she said that. She said that. Writing down all my little thoughts and then being like, okay, what are the good questions to ask her? And it's not me to go, um, do well, that. you should have done this or you yeah. should have done that. Or do you think it would have been better if you just did this? Like, I can't believe you did that, like, or whatever. Mm. Or you're never gonna get results that way. It's like, okay, so what would have been a, a better situation or approach or mm -hmm. how would you have liked it to gone? Or um, is there anything that you think you could have done differently? Mm -hmm. Or um, you mentioned about feeling uncomfortable. What did that feel like in the moment? How did that make you feel during like afterwards? Yeah. Um, like all these different types of things. And it's like, 
awareness, awareness, awareness. And it's like, I can never do that by just dictating. So for me, listening, so in short, yeah, listening, but to a level that I never anticipated would be what I would have to be doing. It's almost like bat sense hearing, like super, super sensitive. It has to be. Yeah. Um, what about you? I think mine's similar. And that's why we were saying about like how it's not just about being into fitness. It's about like you said listening harder than you've ever listened before in your life yeah <laughs> and then like I sometimes think like cause obviously I do I know Jess doesn't do one-to-ones but um I do I'd say 15 hours a week including when remote clients come and see me so if you think mm-hmm. by the way this isn't me saying I don't want to do this this is literally what I've chosen and I want to do it mm-hmm. but sometimes I look at my board uh, my client came around the other day actually because we went for some food and she went oh is that your um she looked at my whiteboard and it felt weird a client looking at my whiteboard I was like don't, hey. look, at it. <laughs> don't look at it and she went, the inside oh. of your brain yeah and she said oh what's that what's that and I said well these are, I pointed to her name and I said well these are my one-to-one clients this is how many sessions they do um a month this is how many you know they're behind or in front if they've done any extras or if they you know missed one and they need to catch up and then this is how many sessions they've done this month and then these are my remote clients and they're ticked if they've had their monthly call and then they're not ticked if they haven't and they've got half a tick if they booked it but not had it yet she was like and then it just made me think that if I've got 15 sessions a week with these people that's 60 hours a month where I'm having these conversations and then there's you know another number of remote clients on top of that Mm. that's like almost a hundred hour no half an hour to an hour long conversations you have every single month with different people who have different uh, goals different problems different things to talk about Mm. and it's like that is the bit that it's probably the bit that I love the most but it's the bit that I didn't anticipate yeah and it's like some people say, oh, PT is easy. You just train with people all day. And I'm like, Mm-mm. have you ever done an interview? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, when you leave, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do, do that six times a day. Every I, was, day. I talked to my hairdresser about this as well, because I think like hairdressers get a bit, yeah. of, oh, God, it's, all you're doing is just doing this or whatever all day. Like, all I don't day. know if he says that. I just made conversations. It up. But it's like, I always say that to my hairdresser. It's like, you're exhausted because you like mentally committed as well as physically obviously doing a skilled job mm-hmm. it's like you're mentally committed to conversation listening like oh that's interesting or oh, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean like that type of stuff um totally. it is like very much very much like an under underrated skill I think absolutely yeah. to be able to have those conversations and then like on a Wednesday when we do our Apex Manchester call and pod like I don't book in any calls for a Wednesday really rarely if I have a call from someone in Dubai but I don't book in calls on that day because mm. when I've done that three hours of you know, in the morning I'm like I, I need like it's not that I don't like doing it and that I feel like I don't have anything to say but it's like I feel like I just need a little break from things. yeah it's, it's feeling your best as well so um like I had I've been poorly the last couple of days and I was supposed to have calls on Friday but I was up from like one till four in the morning being sick so um (laughs) too much information for us guys um so I didn't sleep very well at all and I had some calls like 10 and 11 with clients 
and I just voice noted and I was like I'm so sorry I hate to cancel last minute because yeah. I, I was like in my head I was like willing myself to be like I'll be fine I'll be able to get through it yeah I just said I was like if I'm totally honest I'm going to be half as energetic I'm going to be half as focused yeah and I'm not going to be giving you my best service and I was yeah. like and I don't want to do that so yeah. I was like if you wouldn't mind and I know it's really inconvenient because one of yeah. them one of them we've had to rearrange because around her work a few times yeah I was like would you mind if we rearrange and they were like no it's absolutely fine but yeah that's another thing it's like for Sash and I and any other coach who's listening to this and I'm sure everybody else who in your own job it's like we all can relate right to those um those feelings of I'm not at my best today and sometimes you have to grin and bear it like 100% in all of the nature of our jobs but also like the the benefit of maybe being a coach or working with the suitable amount of clients for you and your business so that you're not fatigued is that you're giving people the best service Mm -hmm. Um, and that has to be that sweet spot so that's what Sasha and I say sometimes when we see maybe coaches boasting about like hundreds of clients or whatever it's like you can't you can't be giving them the best the best level of service like you can because they like it's like I know we all have different tolerances for sure and not everyone will have exactly the same as as Sasha and I but I also know I've been there with my business and scaled it to a point where I've seen my service decrease and I wasn't happy with it Mm. so taking that step back because it is so much of empathy listening like like that that the coaching the caring element of it yeah it's it's massive and you can't do that if you're running on empty um no you're right you can't which is why I sent Jess a meme the other day where it's like the broccoli going towards the face (laughs) and it was PTs and then the broccoli was going and he was going and it was like their own advice which is why you know some people I've actually heard it like people bragging about it like oh I tell my clients to do this but I don't do any of it Eh, I you know and I'm just like maybe you just shouldn't say that out loud yeah personally because I actually think it's not a personality trait to be to to say that you give this advice and then you completely do the opposite to yourself so yeah that's definitely a thing so let's talk about let's pick a couple of these things that then that we used to do and I yeah. think we should definitely talk about that one because I think it's quite prominent. What, they're not taking your own advice? No, the um, the food thing. Saving, oh, yeah. saving, banking. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the, the food topic we, we said we were going to talk about today was um, some of the strategies that maybe we've not... Um, that maybe we we gave we we gave out as advice in the past, or people that we hear give out, or people who stand on these podiums popularized. It's seen as a joke almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, calorie deficit is obviously something that's become so popular. Um, mm-hmm. James Smith, if you guys don't know him, he's proper like banged that drum of making fat loss seem simple. Yeah, um, and and as and as an equation, like the the law of thermodynamics, mm-hmm. um, energy balance is literally calories in, calories out. So you maintain weight, um, the calories in and the calories out that you consume and burn out of your body are equal. So you maintain exactly the same. That balance tips if you are eating more and moving less, you're going to put more weight on. And the opposite side, if you're eating less and moving more, you are technically going to lo- lose body fat that's mm-hmm. the ultimate premises of it all mm-hmm. and it's oversimplified and of course as a law 
it's like science. You can't deny that there's some fact to it. Of course there is. But there's also so many different caveats that come into it that aren't as simple and don't get spoken about Mm -hmm. that make this such a complex situation for so many people, which then also makes people go, what's wrong with me? Why am I not like this? Yeah, exactly. What's my problem? Why can't I stick to it? And again, this is what I spoke to, what I mentioned earlier is like, just two of those things, emotion and behavior are massive, Mm -hmm. not even taken into fact your genetics, how your gut absorbs food, what your lifestyle is like. Are you overly stressed? Do you sleep a lot? Do you not get any sleep? Um, What do you do for a day job? Like all these are the different types of facts that don't come into it. So that's just the, the, the top, top level of this one but when it comes to calorie deficit some of the principles that get thrown out there for clients is my fitness pal is probably the easiest one and or any sort of uh, fitness tracking app is track your calories here's your here's your calories you can find your calories online or even type people on the internet will charge you for your (laughs) for your calories to work them out which is just an equation online so please don't Oh no my one, god, no one here will fall for that. No don't one. do that. Don't do that. Google Harris Benedict if you're really that desperate. So yeah, so everyone then knows like what their their maintenance calories are based yeah. on their age, weight, height, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the calorie deficit like formula is based on like if you want to lose weight, you do this, if you want to gain weight, you do this. Mm-hmm. But um using something my 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 fitness pal is like the, the premise that's come up quite a lot with the fat loss community is bank your calories, save your calories. Mm. Um, and, and again, like I said to you, when I first started out, definitely fell into this trap. Like that, I, be- I believed it was, uh, well, it makes sense. Because it does make sense does as well. Like sense. on paper, it makes sense. Um, but like we've mentioned, it ignores a lot of factors around your actual body. So for example, if you're saving calories for something, what do you think that's doing in regards to your relationship with food or do you believe that's creating healthy or potentially disordered eating habits? Do you feel like that is helping or hindering your progress with tuning into your body and how it feels? So for example, if you're saving calories for something, are you ignoring something else? Are you ignoring your hunger and being like, I'm saving, I'm saving myself, I'm saving myself. And it's like, there's so many different sort of it just turns into a really complicated spider's web all of a sudden from something that you think is supposed to be really simple um and there there is a small percentage of the population this will work for who are probably very like black or white do you know what I mean like and don't see the complexity of this but my experience especially working with women is it's much more complex than this thoughts Sasha much more complex but also we have to remember let's just strip this right back and take everything away Exercise and nutrition are extremely, whether you like it or not, an extremely emotional thing. Yeah. It's extremely emotional. And the fact that people are are trying to convince you that an emotional subject can be fixed with a logical math problem is beyond anything that I think we can ever get over because it's like, you have to remember that when it's when something seems simple it's very easy to sell and it's very easy to gain um trust from these people because at the end of the day it does work so that's even harder because it does work but Mm. there's people who cannot 
and should not expect a sum to fix a lifetime of yo-yoing, thinking about food, obsessing over food, because there's a lot of people that kind of want to just let go and it doesn't help. Mm. Um, so, which is why banking and saving, and, you know, I've heard calorie allotments being compared to a bank account on many occasions. Again, what makes this even more frustrating is because it makes perfect sense. <laughs> because if you want to buy something and it's going to cost more than you have right now, what do you do? You save for it, right? Mm. And then you can have it guilt-free, quote unquote. So it's like trying to, if you explain that to someone who is quite a logical person and, and does just, you know, buzz off numbers and equations and logic and whatever, they're going to be like, I don't see the problem with it. I want to go and have the five guys tonight. It's 2,500 calories, whatever. So I'm not going to have any breakfast or lunch. Like it makes perfect sense to that person, whatever, do whatever yeah. you want. You, that person is not my concern. Yeah. My concern is the people who have been in and out or technically dieting for as long as they've been reading, because you have to remember that statistically, the more diets you go on, the more or the heavier you or the, the more excess body fat you are going to hold. Remember that that's not me saying there's not an opinion. The more you diet the heavier you'll end up because it caught because any kind of restriction causes overindulgence if you love spending money and you stop completely guess what you're going to want to do splurge mm. it's the same thing it's huge it's literally human so this is why the hot the we talked about this on the last pod like oversimplification of quite a con uh, quite a complex subject is just doing the whole thing a disservice and it's making you think that there's something wrong with you because it's so simple why can't I just do that if it's just that if it's that plus that and then you remove that and then I've got this and why can't I do it yeah. and then you look at the people who advertise that and who preach it they're usually very logical masculine personality yeah. whether you're a woman or not you know we have women who have masculine traits and being really logical I mean to be fair I'm gonna take back what I just said because <laughs> men get angry about stuff and that's very emotional so I'm not saying yeah. that men aren't emotional beings and I'm not saying that women are you just logical just... beings but it's masculine feminine kind of characteristics that's what you're saying yeah exactly um and you can have both but what I'm saying is a logical person will think that that's fine and they won't attach anything to it. They just see it as like, oh, well, I'm going for a pizza, so I'm not going to have lunch. But let's see how I said that. Oh, I'm going for pizza tonight, so I'm not going to have lunch. Anyway, watch, watch me watch on TV, right? That's person A. Person B, right, so my friends have invited me for a pizza and I can't not go because it's my friend's birthday, so I have to go. But how am I going to get away... How am I going to have this pizza and not feel horrendous and not gain weight? And there's no, I can't even fit it into my calories anyway because it's too much to start with. So what? So how am I going? 
and then they just get anxious about it and then they might not go mm. but then also you got to think they're going to turn up already in that like panic state they're probably not going to order what they want and they're probably going to pick at it or pretend they're full and eat a quarter of it or order something else and just say or not have anything say I'm not hungry and then let's just say that they go and like Jess was saying they give in quote again I'm, I'm doing the quote fingers because it's not giving in it's just having dinner um they then get a huge amount of guilt from the fact that they have consumed probably two and again two and a half I don't know two and a half thousand calories in like a, a big pizza they go home the logical person thinks nothing of it they go I'm full I'm gonna have a cup of tea go bed next day carry on as normal this person does not think like that no they wake up the next they get home they sit on their bed they probably put their hand on their stomach they feel terrible they feel guilty they feel like how am I going to reverse what I've done the worst case scenario is that they purge and bring it back up another one is they wake up in the morning and do everything they can to abstain from a a situation where they will have to eat Uh but they might stay on their own that day um they will hold off food they might have a juice or something you know to try and keep themselves full so they're gonna be hungry so what will they what are they likely to do that night again yeah overeat right what do you do they feel guilty they've done it again they wake up the next day they try and abstain Mm -hmm. it's like they always think that they're gonna have a day where they will just be able to get they'll just be able to have the willpower quote unquote you can't see what I'm doing Mm. So a logical person will see that scenario and be like, well, that's just stupid. It's just a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. But, which is why you have to remember that this is what these people on Instagram, they know this. They know that there's going to be a certain amount of people that will be able to fill their client quota that are in this mindset. But what they don't realize is that there's a large percentage of people that are watching and looking up to them that are not in that mind frame and will just want to be though they just want to be mm. they would love to just have a pizza and just go home and not think about it mm. and that is possible if you don't do that by the way if you do get anxious about it I used to yeah same, oh my God. same. I used to literally sit there and just think oh my god what have I done and now I mean to be fair pizza wouldn't be my number one choice but now I don't even think about it yeah because that's not what life should be like and like we always say you're gonna eat what you're just never gonna eat pizza ever again you're never gonna do anything again trust me the alternative is far worse yeah lonely isolated hungry all the time and just having this overwhelming sense of like self-loathing that will not go away that will only go away from trying to get out of that scenario and can you see uh how Sasha and I talking about this like you guys like how uh save your calories uh cheat meals that type of stuff won't help this situation this won't help you work on your relationship with food and this is why like short quick transformational whatever things like that if your goal is to work on your relationship with food and have a better one it it's impossible it one it's impossible in that short time frame. It, it, I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone do that. Do the, that amount of work on themselves 
whilst maintaining a full-time job and mm-hmm. not going off to a no. retreat and journaling and other the feelings every day mm-hmm. or whatever it might be to get to that point because it's yeah. like practice the, the, the duration that Sasha and I work with clients is they might go out for a meal once every couple of weeks every single one of those experiences is a lesson it's like mm-hmm. okay what did you learn like and whether that whether there's there's an emphasis on that or not because of the client that we're working with but if someone is trying to work on the relationship with food the conversation that we have with them helps move them forward mm-hmm. or in a direction that is more desirable for the relationship that they would like to have and it's so um yeah it, do you know what I find fascinating though about those two situations that you just said is mm-hmm. um the the first person person a the masculine traits black or white mm-hmm. um oh I'm going out for tea later I'm just going to save my calories and I'm just going to have a big pizza later on absolutely that's that's them done right they mm-hmm. identify as someone who's quite black or white logical that type of thing person b is the person who sits on it pulls mm-hmm. it over deliberates all the options probably then makes quite an emotional decision in the moment without mm-hmm. much conscious thought they probably too identify as somebody who is all or nothing mm-hmm. right and um, because they're the type of person who the all is the the splurge on that night time or whatever it is and the nothing is the next day or the week that follows where they over restrict to try and get themselves quote mm-hmm. unquote back on track mm-hmm. right and what's funny about those two people is person A and person B are very clearly hugely different. Person A is very logical. We can see they're black and white. Person B identifies as all or nothing, which is actually the same as black or white. It's the same. Person B isn't black or white. They're not at all. But that is the most common, one of the most common sayings I hear when a woman first comes to work with me is, I'm just all or nothing. And it's like, yes, I understand why you think that. But actually, no, you're not because you've got so much emotion caught up in there. You almost can't be one or the other. Can't, no, impossible. It's like you're so driven by like other things that you're not like it's option A, it's option B. You're not that person, no. even though you think you are. What you're actually doing is you you like you <laughs> you're almost like slingshot from one side of, of the emotional spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm of like feelings around health, like, oh my God, I'm so out of control. I'm so wild mm-hmm. to, I'm the epitome of health. I only ever, I'm only ever going to eat salads. I could do this forever. And, and that's why you think you're black or white, but actually it's just you being like thrown like a- Catapulted. Yeah, catapulted like a, like one of those car crash dummies that yeah. they have, like, just getting thrown about the ground. Yeah, it, and it, no wonder it is emotionally exhausting and- there's a really good book that I actually want to read that came um that's that's been out a while but I got targeted with an ad on um Instagram maybe the other day about it about burnout and stress mm-hmm. and it was really interesting I listened to um a little bit of a YouTube clip from the authors they're twin sisters and they're from America and they um they basically said that um when it comes to females um and stress we are wired differently to men massively yeah, absolutely so it, you can't expect the same sort of things. So this is why I went session about like masculine and feminine, like it makes a big difference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying that so much so that they did a, a, a test on rats, which obviously I know is it's rats, but it's still, it's still yeah. a test nonetheless. And um, they did it where they, they caused the rats distress. So they tilted their cages, they left them without a bit of food. They poured water on the neck, which apparently they find really stressful. And then what they did is they put them in a bucket of water and, and like, tried to see how long before they failed to to start swimming basically 
And what happened was with the male rats, they gave up 50% quicker than the female rats. So the, the female rats kept swimming for twice as long. So like under that stress and under that pressure, women will keep, <laughs> female rats will keep going, <laughs> even though they can't find a way out. And I just thought that was like such a like important metaphor is, right. for what we see in this industry where it's like, no wonder women go 40, 50 years through diet culture where they're just like, yeah, it's stressful, but I'm going to do it again. Yeah, it's stressful, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, it's stressful, we're going to do it again. I'll get yeah. to a point where they feel some sort of respite or comfortable yeah. and confident and then slingshot yeah. themselves either way. I just thought that was fascinating, but um, it is. That's really, that's really fascinating. It, it, um, it reminds me of, I know I've spoke about this before, but the um, Robert Sapolsky book, um, My Zebras Don't um, Get Ulcers, and it's like that woman who Jess just described she is living she is literally existing in fight or flight yeah constant all the time constant and what we don't realize is that we can become accustomed to fight or flight yeah so we we live in it we don't you know if you're living in it you don't know you don't know how you don't know what's different and the reason the whole premise behind the book is that and I know I've said this before but again but we get we get different lessons whatever and I think and it's it's an important point is that when a zebra is is grazing in the field if a lion attacks them, they get stressed, right? And they're running around frantically, like trying not to die. But then when the lion goes away, say say the zebra gets away and it's grazing again, the lion's gone, they just go back to eating grass. Yeah. But as a human, if a lion is coming, trying to kill us, whatever, we'll be constantly worrying about when the next lion is coming. Mm. And we'll be like living like, oh, is that a lion? Oh, I thought, well, I'm not going there because there's a lion there. But the zebra will just, because the zebra is not a human. Yeah. Zebra will just be like, ah, ah, ah. anyway, yeah. So I'm just gonna <laughs> eat some grass, but we'll be yeah. like, uh, the, what if tomorrow a lion comes? But it's like what? that's what that's what Brené Brown says, doesn't she, about that foreboding joy, which is like yeah. you don't allow yourself to experience no. true happiness and joy because you're like you're worrying about something bad. About the next, yeah, like I think you mentioned it about that instance yeah. where it's like that man who was constantly worried, he like never allowed himself to be fully happy with his wife, and then she she was no <laughs> longer here, and he was yeah. like. I'm so annoyed that I didn't just enjoy it. yeah exactly and I think like what Jess was saying with the, with the black and white thing like even I still speak to people right who do not have any issues regarding nutrition whatever and they still think that food has morality they still think of food as healthy and unhealthy not just more nutrients less nutrients so I would still speak to someone who would say like diet coke or chocolate buttons or whatever whatever and they still see it as they still see that it has morality they yeah. say you eat you eat that and I'm like can okay let's let's pull back right number one if they drink alcohol I the the conversation ends there I don't even carry it on because there's no point reasoning with people who think that diet coke is on the same level as as alcohol um but you just have to you have to think that some people that's unconscious incompetence mm, they just yeah, don't know yeah. so when you have to like I said on the last podcast like if this person isn't open to a, a conversation or maybe to change their mind it ends there mm. I'm getting on with what I'm getting on with it um so we have to remember that people who aren't involved and still see that food has morality also I think it's important to understand that when we were talking about the binge restrict cycle, you have to remember that some people in a very weird way enjoy the abstaining. 
they enjoy it not not like it as a uh like you enjoy um nemesis at at, um, alton towers different kind of enjoyment (laughs) but it's like it and that is when it's really intrinsic it's like it's in here and it's like no one else knows no one else knows about this but i'm not eating today and then when they don't risky risky place to yeah be. oh my god that's what i'm saying in kind of like a not very nice like tone because it's mm-hmm. scary that people do this but they almost see it as like no one knows but i'm gonna do this today and then when they get to the end of the day and they've not had anything and they go to bed they're literally like oh my god i've done it I've done it and they love that and you have to remember that that is like probably out of our oh definitely (laughs) but you have to remember that when we're yeah when we're talking about abstaining and then binging restricting you have to remember that there is people that do that that then hire a coach online and get their meal plan yeah because that's what they think they need they think they need it but what they they need is a therapist and they need serious help because that is not something that you want to that's not something that's just going to go away no because that is deep that is deep in there and then the we also have to remember that the coaches that promote this stuff it's their projection they are projecting like the cheat meal thing how many can i see it all honestly to the point where i'm like stop using <laughs> that word it's not a game of chess all right david it's not a game of chess it's not cheating it you're having dinner and they're like oh yeah you know or they call it a, they're like let's not call it a cheat meal let's call it a free meal nope just as bad yeah same <laughs> just thing as bad or off or off plan don't even right I'm gonna say calm but <laughs> off plan I hate that's probably I say it's my least favorite because it's seen as like oh no it's not a cheat meal it's just yeah. off plan so they're almost like at least cheat meal at least they're being open with the fact that it's ridiculous so yeah. they're trying to make it seem like it's better so those meals for a lot of coaches me maybe seven eight years ago it's a scheduled binge yeah it's saying it's all right I can restrict my food today and tomorrow and the next day because on Thursday I'm going for it that is a scheduled binge I know of some coaches in our industry that are very 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 well known in our not in the world but like in our region whatever I've seen them do this and I've seen them even say I'm gonna binge and then go on Instagram and say the opposite so I'm not saying this to try and you know bring those people down I'm just saying that you have to be careful who you watch because these people will glamorize popularize and make this seem like it's normal behavior because they want to seem relatable to you yeah and that is ridiculous and you need and 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 again I'm trying not to be like condescending or patronizing because I know that the people listening are adults but sometimes when we admire or think someone's funny oh that video is so funny jokes jokes they're just projecting their their severely messed up view of the world onto you and probably want to sell you something too. Yeah, and I think that's also another reason why when it comes to uh, looking up to people around exercise, nutrition on this topic, is you can't. You you genuinely can't look up to somebody in regards to their relationship or whatever it might be with food because nothing is ever going to be your relationship with food Mm -hmm. is going to look like and that's where it should start instead of like looking through social media feed or looking to your friends or 
checking out people in the gym for body mm-hmm. goals and what you think they're eating you should be holding up a mirror to yourself of mm-hmm. what what do you what do I what do I want it to look like mm. what, what would a good day of like nutrition look like well it would look like this okay why mm-hmm. um I, I don't know actually okay well, well until you can start to answer some of these questions does it give you energy does it keep you full do you feel like you've got a lot of nutrients from that mm-hmm. do you feel like your gut is absorbing it well like can, do you feel any discomfort does it feel like acknowledge all of these things in like great detail Mm -hmm. and you're going to become so much more switched on rather than Mm -hmm. oh they they uh they look like they have that for breakfast they have oats for breakfast god it gives me really bad cramps after I have oats but I'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) no don't don't do that don't do what you need to do absolutely Um, and and that's why like um that's where Sasha and I can help because for those reasons it's it's questioning again it's putting the mirror to you guys it's reflection it's awareness that's what our job is there to do mm-hmm. and no that isn't like we always say when we talk about food that isn't stepping on the toes of a nutritionist because that's where they're able to help you with specific, specific conditions specific advice they can give out meal plans if suitable to individuals but i just reiterate for, for a lot of people um a meal plan might not be what you what you think it is um in that instance like it's not this like holy grail of yeah of the the perfect diet like a, a meal plan normally given out by like someone like a nutritionist is to, yeah. is to check things isn't it as they go like yeah um whether that's intolerances or deficiencies or whatever it might be yeah but even that like I don't even think nutritionists give out just s- structured meal plans it's so- it's things to add and they'll look at what you eat currently yeah. and make slight alterations. If you have been, if you were brought up surrounded by fast food, again, through no fault of your own, if you were brought up around fast food and um, convenience food and no, you know, no cooking whatsoever, not many vegetables, everything was kind of same color. Everything could be just cooked in the oven for 20 minutes on 200 degrees, like stuff like that. That's not your fault. That's your upbringing. However, if you hire someone and they suddenly give you meal plan and it says meal one, uh, four egg white omelet, 40 grams of oats, 15 grams PB, half a cup of blueberries. Can you even that you'd be like, what the fuck? I don't even know where to buy this stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. Not, your, that's not your fault. That is them giving you what they eat because they think that that's they're like, well, look at me. I'm like, that is, it is, it is just not on. It is. And unfortunately, and it makes me really, really like sad and disappointed to, to think that that stuff still goes on, but it does. It's, it's, it's irresponsible, isn't it? I think that's it. Cause that's the part that we said about that scale, the mm-hmm. unconscious incompetence, but those people aren't unconscious because surely surely (laughs) like it's almost like I I find it hard to no that's just no you're right Jess and the reason you find it so hard to think that people would actually be like that is because you struggle to put yourself in the shoes where someone would exploit another person for monetary purposes but Mm -hmm. that's because you're just not a dick and there are plenty of people out there that were more than happy to do that you have to think that there's people's brains who just think well they're they're paid me for this and I gave them the end and And unfortunately that's what happens and and I think um to any fellow coaches listening as well I don't know about you guys but like something that always resonates me is like does it make sense 
in regards to my values, is mm-hmm. it aligned? Um, does it ethically feel right? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, is it like, does it make business sense? Yeah. Because it's like, it has to tick those boxes where a lot of people will go, does it make business sense? Yeah, it does. Rubs the hands together in like Ooh, a, greedily, yeah. a greedily Mr. Burns manner and then goes, boom, done. Yeah. And it's like, but then I, th- I think a lot of people don't necessarily maybe even think about values or, or ethics and stuff. And I think that's, it's, it's, uh, I don't it's tough it's grim but unfortunately we have to keep talking about this stuff as long as it's happening so yeah um yeah I mean we could try to leave it on a positive note yeah yeah yeah. probably on a positive note but unfortunately America is ruined this um, week on a positive note for everybody I don't and I don't know about you Jess I think again I think it's important for us to you know maybe briefly chat about it but this morning and yesterday, I felt like an impending doom. And I, I never, felt, I'm not, yeah, yeah, did you feel like that? And it's like, this politics, you know, I know politics is important, whatever, but like, I kind of stay away from it. Like, when the whole Black Lives Matter thing was happening, I, I felt, uh, obviously, I felt very upset about it. But I know that the Black Lives Matter charity money doesn't go to Black people and companies that are run by Black people. It just goes to some organization and then disappears. So I felt like quite like, strong about not about actually trying to do something rather than just posting about it because it's you know people think oh, I'll just share I shared this on my Instagram about the war in Ukraine like I've done my bit and stuff and it just doesn't sit well with me but like this like proper got me it got me right in certain things do don't they yeah it really because I just thought this is so scary this is scary and I don't know if any of you guys are aware of this but like Women in America, well, in these certain states, now have less reproductive rights than the women that are under control of the Taliban in Afghanistan. In, if you are under Taliban rule, you can have an abortion if you are raped, if it's through incest, and if you are, if the woman's, the, the mother's life is in danger, you are allowed to have an abortion. Mm. That's the Taliban. In America, you're not. In America... There's a there's a little town in Texas where from midnight to 6 a.m. after this was announced, there was 22 people in their 20s who signed up to have to be sterilized in a little a little place quickly as well as in like I'm so scared that contraceptives are going to be taken away from me that I'm just going to get sterilized because you have to remember that unfortunately this. There's a lot of people in this world where family unit is more important than religion and family unit is more important than anything. And they can't quite fathom how like a woman wouldn't want to like have a family and kid. They just it just doesn't make sense to them, which is why they're like, choose love. You know, your baby, your baby loves you like choose love. And it's like there are women out there that literally have proper phobias about birth, as in being pregnant is like a phobia genuine phobia you know people are scared of like bees and wasps and spiders and the sea and like the un- like you have women out there that are genuinely terrified of of birth and, and and being pregnant these are the people now getting sterilized so it's like this and you know america there's american companies out there that are funding education in the uk to try and get us to learn about like life begins at conception or whatever and it's fucking scary it's honestly really scary I to be honest though I I went to a Catholic school and that's the narrative oh. when you when you're in like so in my GCSE RE it in the exam you have to basically write because it's a Catholic school yeah 
abortion is bad uh again it's that like conception starts like do you know what I mean yeah all of that yeah in order to get an A Mm. in a Catholic school for sure that's so scary it is mad because it's it is like looking back it's just like proper brainwashing massively Mm. yeah Um, but it's it's yeah it's awful it's uh who was it who I reshared uh Jamila Jamil she shared a really good post which is like no one's thinking about the future basically who's Mm -hmm. going to pay for the unwanted babies what's going to happen to the healthcare system yeah what's happening to the healthcare system like also people who don't want these babies who are now forced to bringing them up the parents who can't afford them they're going to turn to crime crime rates Mm -hmm. are going to go up more people are going to have to go to all these like repercussions off the back of this decision which is a horrible terrible Mm. like inhumane decision for women but is going to impact for like future generations beyond what anyone can even comprehend and it's just it's just it's just crazy it's like like me and you said this morning it's so funny when you grow up and you think that America's this really free cool like, country cool like country and and oh yeah I'd love I'd love to go live there I'd yeah. love to go do this and then you're like oh Give my me the god yeah like if, if I if I was oh god I would have been long gone because it's just it's and so anyone who, scary. It's yeah so anyone scary. who's watched Handmaid's Tale and stuff you can <laughs> see the similarities between the two and it. anyone who's watched it is like yeah 100 yeah. percent. if you haven't then yeah it's, it's just yeah. like a harrowing reality of yeah is it that far off something like that crazy happening god knows and when you think about it right it is literally forced birth mm. it is and that that sentence in itself that's so it's honestly so it scares it scares me so much and as you know as someone who has kind of come to the conclusion that I don't want to have children if I lived in America now I would either be one of those people getting sterilized or I would move mm. and it's 2022 yeah if I don't, it, it's, 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 it's totally bizarre. There's no formula in the supermarkets in America. There's a shortage. There's no formula. Yeah. And then, and then, you, yeah, it, it's, it, this is why it's so frustrating because when I honestly, and this is another thing as well. So there's no formula. And also there's now been, um, is it 90 other communal places where you're no longer allowed to pump breast milk as well. And it's like the same time. It's like, uh, what the fuck is going on? But the scariest thing is right. These men, who have just they don't scare me I look at the tv and I'm thinking that like again no offense I'm not saying all all men whatever but those men don't even know where the clit is so I don't <laughs> so I don't I'm not worried about what they have to say right unfortunately it's the women that scare me the women who are so the women honestly I find it re- like I saw a video of um this woman a, a U.S. Congress woman like shouting into the crowd about um your all murderers and stuff she scared me the men for some reason when I see the men I'm like unfortunate unfortunate I know it's awful but I'm not surprised by them but it the women proper scare me like if I was if I was confronted by one of those men I'd almost be like mate no offense but (laughs) what you say means nothing to me right but when if a woman if I was confronted by one of these women who are saying like you're a murderer if you kill your baby and choose love and stuff and this is what Jesus wanted and and everything like that that honestly terrifies me Mm because I I feel like I would have no control over my reaction to that because it's honestly like quite a scary thing to listen to 
it, it goes through me and that woman who I don't know her name but she is out of the in the in the supreme court the one woman that two of the women voted against this happening and one woman voted to that woman is catholic has seven kids um that woman terrifies me the men that decided in that grit in the supreme court unfortunately like i said i know it's bad but it doesn't surprise me Mm. that woman surprises me and that woman scares the living daylights out of me because she's something there's something not something's happened something bad has happened yeah like we've said on previous podcasts though it's like you can't even get in other people's heads when they they want to argue that black is white and oh yeah it's scary it's not like it's almost like you can it's impossible but in the same time you, you struggle when it's something such a extreme topic like this to even comprehend it's just yeah we you know I make jokes while they don't know where the clears obviously that's just that's, that's just a well-known little joke that we say to just be like yeah whatever these guys don't know these women do know these women know yeah they know the men don't well, it's, the people, it's the people who are in the prestigious positions who can't see it from the other side they can't ever imagine their child being raped they can't ever imagine being in a situation where they can't afford to bring up five yeah. seven yeah. however many kids they they can't ever imagine um like I don't know not being able to afford or get their yeah. hands on um like milk or yeah. they can't yeah do you know what I mean be, ever been in a place where they, they're probably in a position where they um can't ever imagine like maybe in their environment it's uncouth to to uh the feed the baby in public anyway like yeah. maybe that's their opinion mm. it's like all these different things that have led that person to that that point in their life it's just a, a lack of awareness of of other people's reality and none of us will ever ever truly know what it's like to be no. in somebody else's shoes but I think what is in like our human nature mm. and what we should all be doing is is trying to constantly yeah is, is be like that's awful god I could like what what must that feel like or yeah. I don't know yeah it's just a it's, it's a terrible place to be it's really really scary and um obviously we're very lucky to be in this country and not have to even think about this kind of stuff um but it's just really scary and it's one of the only things that's happened in like the news that obviously I I see these awful things happening all the time and it's really horrible and but it doesn't like keep me up at night unfortunately we live in such a scary world that something really bad can happen like a school shooting and I'm just like oh another one like it's horrendous yeah it is horrendous and don't get wrong it it makes me sad and I watch it and I get upset but then you know this is maybe not a nice thing that people want to hear but then the next day I might go to work and it's not on my mind really yeah no but it's because we're numb we're numb to it that's numb why. To it. but this is like this is different this yeah is like, certain things been but... on my head in my head for like since that time and I just can't seem to like get rid of it to be honest though when Trump got elected into power I felt like that I felt like an impending doom and like mm-hmm. and look at the repercussions of what is happening now but also of... you have to yeah because of that because also, of the power Trump, the women, you have to remember that women that have been impregnated by Trump will still get abortions. You have to remember that these people in power will probably still have abortions. Oh, I live in California. It's fine. Whatever. So these people will still have them. Yeah. Because they don't actually care. They don't actually give a shit. 
if they had I tell you what if they had a baby and this is awful to say but if these women that the scary women who were like literally like in my nightmares if they had a baby and that baby turned out to be gay can you even imagine they probably I know it's awful to say but they probably would have wished that they would never had it because mm-hmm. they hate that shit so much it's so awful it's and people listening to this podcast like fucking hell fashion just turned political um it's but the thing is it's 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 health right it's yeah. it's female reproductive rights so it stems back to health and like bloody hell like if we're gonna do an are we still here part mm-hmm. today then this is yeah. it like guys like are we fucking hell yeah are we still in 1945 yeah have we has someone put us in a time machine what the hell is happening but it's awful I guess guess, and again like Sasha said about like Mm -hmm. certain things like you can't always maybe um support or do feel like you're making much of an impact Mm -hmm. which is always difficult but I always think on certain topics it's like you just can't help but you can't help but like think on it and it's so so hard it's so hard it's similar when the you the like um thing everything in the ukraine started happening yeah it's like it can consume you for so long but then yeah. it's almost like at what point do you do you do your bit do you do what you can and then yeah. go right that's it or or the amazing people who take it to a next level and are able to do more great like literally amazing yeah it's 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 really it's trying to it's for your own personal health it's like trying to find that point of when to draw a line of if it is emotionally stressing you out as well I think yeah absolutely absolutely and let's wrap it up because I'll just start getting annoyed Right, guys thanks so much thanks so um, much guys we really deep, appreciate it bit of a deep one for episode 56 yeah but with, i really love that topic today and i hope you've taken a lot from it it's yeah. one that comes up a lot and i think we've shared some really deep and me- meaningful <laughs> yeah which i think hopefully you can take away and, and have a little think on of how you can apply it to your own life um yeah. in regards to nutrition so uh, we hope you've loved that one as much as we have Yep, and don't forget to like, share, subscribe. <laughs> as always. As uh, excuse always. me, guys, but where's your feedback on the Yeah, artwork? fucking hell. All I've heard is Asda. Come on, guys. Come on. Come what through. Do you think of the new art? Come through for the gals. Absolutely. I'm offended, to be honest. Right, guys, thanks so much, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.